anxieties would cast them onto you, Lord, and that way we could receive from the truth of your word. We release ourselves from our cares and worries right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray you speak. Say, word of God, speak. Say, Jesus, speak. Holy Spirit, lead. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. How you feeling today? Huh? This is our last Sunday. This is it. How you feel? <laughs> this is our last Sunday. Next week, we're in a new location. I hope you can make it. I hope that distance won't control your, the will of God for your life. <laughs> amen. I remember I, uh, I told Michelle, um, we'll drive anywhere. We were thinking, hey, if, if God called us to, to, uh, to put a church in Modesto and to start a community there, we'll, we'll drive back and forth. Why not? Well, you ain't taking nothing with you anyway, right? It's only an hour and a half drive. I know people in Fresno are tripping over 15-minute drives. Oh, my God, that's all the way across town. It's like 15 minutes. Uh, we're, like, so used to traveling. We're, like, 15 minutes is, like, nothing. Is, you know? But here in Fresno, sometimes people do that. And sometimes people go to churches for the wrong reasons, you know? Sometimes people go to a community because it's close to their home. That's the wrong reason to go to a community. If that's the case, go to a Muslim church. You know what I mean? Like, you're picking churches based on locations. You should ask for the will of God. You should not sit in these seats listening to me if God has not called you to be here. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I'm saying you will get the most out of what God has for you when you do what God has called you to do. You will. And you'll know that it's God because you won't question it. Watch this. You won't question it. When it's God, you won't question it, meaning the will of God. You should be able to recognize when the will of God is being made manifest in any place that you're at. If you're a believer and you are walking in the Spirit, Spirit recognize Spirit. The only way that I'm going to question the Spirit is if I'm in the flesh. If I'm walking in my own understanding, walking in my own wisdom, my own reasoning, my own view, I am going to criticize, question, and judge everything that is from God. Everything. I will never find peace. The only place that I find, quote, unquote, peace is when I have my favorite cupcake or my favorite whatever. And that only lasts how long? Because then all of a sudden you're around people or in a place because you like whatever you like, and the moment that thing that you liked is gone, you're gone. So I, I feel real odd this morning because I didn't have plans to share all this, but you know how the Spirit of God starts moving. When you, you know, people show up, they got different things in their hearts, and God starts moving, and he starts pinpointing what's in the heart. You know, some of us got up this morning, and we got, we got dressed for church. Right? We're like, I'm going to show up and floss it. I keep saying floss it. That's such an outdated word. What's the right word today? I'm lit? No, that's even outdated now. I'm on point? Well, yeah, I guess that's kind of like forever. Drip? Oh, my God, I'm dripping? On fleek? Oh, that's old, too. Fleek is old, man. But we, we, we did our best, right, to come. And I'm going to tell you right now, you might be polished on the outside, but I'm going to tell you, like Jesus said it, your cup is dirty on the inside. And you came into a place today where the Spirit of God is not impressed by the outwardness of man. But the Spirit of God is only concerned about the inward heart of you. You came into a place today where the anointing is real. 
the anointing of God is real here. And it isn't because anybody's good. It's just God's grace. It's just God's grace. And, that, and I'm just saying, none of us is deserving of this. But if you came in today tr- really trying to cover up something and overcompensate with, I'm going to go to church on Sunday, but you know God's been knocking on your door Monday through Saturday, I'm glad you came, but will you come only if the Lord is drawing you? Now that you're here, and now that you know the voice of God is dealing with the inner part of your heart, he's touching on something that you didn't expect for him to look at today. He's saying, why are you trying so hard? Why are you putting things together in your own understanding? Why are you looking with your own point of view? Don't you know I'm calling you to someplace deeper than that? I'm looking at the rim of your cup on the inside saying, why are you still messing with so-and-so? Why are you still entangling your heart with the idol that you've placed in front of you? Yeah, this is what he's saying. I am almighty God, and I know the very depths of your heart. And there is nothing that you are doing that is hidden from my sight. I know what is going on inside of you. That's where you've come into today. And I hope and I pray that after you leave, you'll realize that that place doesn't leave. It goes with you. That on your way home, God just starts messing with you. He just starts dealing with your heart. That after this word is preached, he starts dealing with your heart. He's saying, look, that's you. That's you. Hey, let me, give me that. Let me take that. And I, I pray you find freedom. I pray you find true freedom. Huh? Anybody in this place free? Do I got any free people in this place? I'm talking God has set you free. You should be excited about what's happening right now because there's somebody in here that came and they thought they wanted one thing, but God has given them a better thing. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for your spirit that breaks every chain, the spirit that breaks the yoke of bondage. Have your way as I preach this word in Jesus' name. Watch this. First, first Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 1, says this. All slaves should show full respect to their masters so they will not bring shame on the name of God and his teaching. First thing I want to say is this. People in here, we're not slaves. I mean, we are in a spiritual sense. I'll show you in a minute. But naturally speaking, anybody in here have a master that you have to answer to? I know we could say Jesus. I'm just saying naturally speaking, you're not a slave. This, I want to say this because this is why you need the Holy Spirit in you. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you and you listen to somebody who says the word of God is infallible, right? They say the word of God is perfect, which it is. And it's infallible, which it is. You're going to take that so literal that you're going to read the word slave and miss what God is actually saying in the text. Because you're going to be like, yeah, but you know, that's just pertaining to slaves. No, this is actually pertaining to all people. Look at the meat in the scripture. All slaves should show full respect to their masters so they will not bring shame on the name of God and his teaching. Jesus said, no one is greater than their, what do you say? No one's greater than what? Their master. And who was our master? And what did he do? He became a, what did he do when he washed their feet? He served. Slaves, obey your masters. Guess what? You are a slave. 
You are a slave. Pull, pull up, uh, uh, Phil, Google uh, slave to Christ. Pull up the scripture. I want to read it. You are a slave. But you're not a slave in the way he was writing. And here's the beauty of it. If you treat Christ with a servant's attitude, then you'll treat everybody that way. Because Jesus said, what you do to the least of these, Elisha, you have done unto me. So you won't turn your nose up at anybody because you realize that Jesus didn't turn his nose up at you. Somebody say, man, this is good preaching. This is the truth, right? You got that scripture? Come on, man. You got to get those thumbs. Just Twitter thumbs? See, that's how you know he ain't on social media a lot because he's slow with the thumbs. I should have had one of the kids look it up. Huh? They'd have been... Got it right here? Siri? <clears throat> Let me know when you have it. You are a slave. You're not a slave to yourself anymore. You're a slave to Christ. And we are not greater than our master. And if you confess to be a Christian, please realize what you're confessing. I am no longer living. It is not my will or my needs that are first. It's the Father's will and His plan that's first. Amen. That means everything that is mine, everything that is mine, quote unquote mine, is not mine. Everything, not even my life. My life is not even my own anymore. Amen. You got it? Yeah, what's it say? you hear this? So 1 Corinthians what? 1 Corinthians 7.22. Now, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free. And if you are now free when the Lord called you, you are a slave to Christ. You know what he just did? He said, you were a slave who became free, who became a slave. He said, welcome to swapping slavery. (laughs) But some of us don't act like slaves to Christ. I'm being real this morning. Some of us don't act like slaves to Christ. We act like friends. And even though he calls us friends, our hearts should be slaves. And it doesn't mean that he's abusive. Oh, he's the best. He's the best master. This is a master who gets down with me and pulls the weeds. This is a master who comes alongside every bit of work that I do, and and he helps me with it. He doesn't leave me to do it on my own. That's a good master. You know what I'm saying? But some of us don't act like the masters. We act like friends. Hey, I'll see you later. You know what I mean? I'll meet you you at such and such time. Prayers at, okay, I'll be there. See you there. Everywhere you go, Kalia, everything you do is to the glory of God through Christ. There should be nothing that you're doing in your life that doesn't consider God's will because you've been called to this. You're a slave. Amen. So as slaves, show full respect to their masters. We got to show full respect to Christ. Amen. You can't pull that from the text like that if you don't have the spirit. Because if all you do is have the flesh, you're just going to look for what you want to see in these, in these words instead of seeing what God is wanting you to see. Let me say it again. You're going to look for what you want to see in the text instead of seeing what God wants you to see. Do you want to see what God wants you to see? 
I'm taking my time this morning. You know why? Because the flesh is alive. It needs to be dead. So I'm just taking my time. Slow strangle, like just lights out. You know what I'm saying? Kill the flesh. Lunch will be here in a minute. (laughs) But don't allow your flesh to steal from you right now. Amen. Come on in, brother. Don't allow your flesh to steal from you what the word is saying, Megan. Because God is speaking to you this morning, huh? Nunu, God is speaking to you this morning. And hey, you could turn a blind eye. You can have a hard heart. Lots of things can be that way. But if you surrender right now, you're going to receive something in the rest of what I'm reading that you were not ready for this morning. You did not expect to get today. Did anybody in here come to expect to receive from God? Did you have something specific you were expecting? Or are you just open to receive, Saul? You're open to receive, just open your mouth, right? Take the word. Because this is the truth, what I'm preaching. I'm taking my time, even for people online. The people that are, that are going to be listening online later, they're going to be like, yo, get, fast forward. Fast, get to the like three minutes, five minutes in. No, wait upon the Lord. Learn to wait for God's word. Because in the waiting, there's preparation for receiving. Huh? You can't receive in ground that hasn't been prepared. But the preparation is there when you wait. Because it's in the waiting, right? It's in the waiting period where we start having thoughts come up. We start having cares come up. You know, this is, it, it, it's, it's, see, it's, what's happening right now? It's, what's going on in your heart right now? It's, make room for the Lord. Wait upon God. You're not waiting on me. I know I can preach, you know, whatever I need to preach, but you're waiting on God. I'm being obedient to the Lord right now because I'm telling you there's, I just see it in my mind. I see it in my heart. There were people that came in and they were just, okay, I mean, dude, slow down. Wait on the Lord. Even during the time of prayer, you didn't pray. Because you're just, wait upon the Lord. Amen. And you know what? Those of us that are already there, you're like, you know what? Amen. Wait with them because there's others that aren't. Pray. Pray in your heart right now that whoever is in this place or on that, listening online, that their hearts would be reduced down to the proper rate. Amen. So we can receive. So those who are slaves show full respect. Lord, we show full respect to you right now. If the, master, if the masters are believers, watch this, that is no excuse for being disrespectful. You know how many people mistreat their parents because they're the kids and they're the parents? And because there's a com- comfortability with the parents, like, you're my mom, I can treat you however I want. You know what I mean? Like there's a disrespect that ends up happening. The Lord is saying, have respect for what God is doing. Have respect for the Father. Amen. Have respect for what Christ is doing. Don't lose reverence for God because you have somewhere to be. Don't lose reverence for God because you got something to do. And if that uh, does that, good. Good. If it abrupts you, good. If it interrupts you, good. Because God is saying, wait. Wait. Wait upon me. Look at this. 
because their efforts are helping other, uh, other believers who are well-loved. Verse, I believe that's, wait a minute, hold on, that's verse 3. The, teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Verse 3, some people may contradict our teachings, but they are, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a what? Promote a godly life. You know what's happening right now? The ungodly life is warring with the godly life. The flesh is warring with the spirit. Right here, right now, because the truth of God's word is being preached. It's not dolled up with fancy slides. There's no lightweight music behind it. It's the raw, unadulterated truth, and it's colliding with the falseness of your reality. And if you are a believer, you know that's the truth, that inside your heart you have many worries and cares. And no, even if you've learned how to give those to God, you're not ignorant to the fact that they're there, right? And right now, there's a godly life being promoted through the teaching of the gospel, and it's colliding with the ungodly life that's being promoted through the world. And it's colliding in this place at this moment and at this time. And some of us have a five-minute window. You know, I'm good for five minutes, but after I get past that, I need my fix. I can give you my attention for 15, but past that, I need my fix. You know, God did not call us to give partial parts of ourselves. He called us to give our entire life. And if we can't sit through a solid teaching of God's truth, God forbid we end up in a conflict. Because if you end up in a conflict that's going to cost you actually something, you may not stand. But if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, you allow the word to teach you and you don't teach the word. When trouble comes, you will stand. Because you didn't stand in the first place. Huh? Lord forbid if I try to stand because I am the worst of all sinners. I am the chief is what Paul said, right? That means we're all the chief sinners. That means we all have messed up, right? And if I try to stand, God forbid that. I need to be on my face. I need to be waiting on the Lord. Amen. God keeps bringing up this word, wait, man. I am telling you right now. You know what? Even now, I'm just going to be obedient to God. Don't get the loan. Don't get the loan that you were looking to get. Don't take out debt. Don't do it. I hear the Spirit of God saying this to somebody. You're trying to make whatever happened happen. Don't take the bait. Wait upon the Lord. He's going to provide for you. God is not asking for you to rush your idea. Your business plan. God did not tell you to start taking it into your own hands to advance something sooner than it needs to come. Don't take the loan. I, don't, I really feel strongly the Lord manifesting in this moment. And he has made himself known to you. He says, don't take the loan. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence in this place. You know, it's not easy being obedient to God. 
Pray for me. It's not easy. Because you have to touch on stuff sometimes that you don't want to touch on. But when God says, say it, you say it. When God says, do it, you do it. And just as I'm being obedient, don't you make God out to be a liar because you don't want to receive the word that God just gave. Don't make God out to be a liar because you know the application you filled out. You know if it, even if you didn't physically put pen to paper, it was already done in your heart. You know what you're doing. Don't make God out to be a liar because you think you can hide because you haven't confessed it. Because God knows the secrets of our hearts. Amen. Whew, glory to God. Glory to God. Watch this. Let's keep reading. I'm sure the Lord is going to do some more here. Teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches, say anyone, who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Whoa. Whoa, slow down. Anyone who teaches something different, you want to know why they're arrogant, Tommy? Because they're teaching something different. Because that's not, that right there is 100% truth, and they're not submitting to the truth. So when you don't submit to the truth, you're teaching something different. When you don't preach this, when you don't live by this, you are preaching and living by something else, and you are doing that to your kids, to your family, to your coworkers, and everybody else in this life. And guess what? You're calling yourself a Christian when you do it. You're saying, Luciano, God wants you blessed. That's something different than what's in here. No, Christ is the blessing. That's what's in here. No, no, God wants you to have a healthy life. And I know you guys hear this a lot. I'm going to repeat it because you know why? The world repeats it. When you leave here, you're going to go and watch your YouTube channel. You're going to go and watch your television. And you know what they're going to tell you? You know what they're going to preach to you? Which you shouldn't even give your eyes to this stuff. But we do because that's the culture we're in. You're going to go listen to it. You're going to watch it. And you know what they're going to tell you? Be blessed, prosper, succeed. They're going to preach that message until they can't preach it anymore. But then we want to come to church and I'm preaching the message. You, you, God wants you healthy. He wants your body. No, you know what? Your, your body's going to die one day. Are you prepared for that? I'm not saying that as a negative thing. Actually, that's life. To a believer, that is life because we don't hold on to what is in the earth. To a believer, that is the truth because you know what? We have something far greater than this vessel. Far greater. So it would be wrong for me to show you how to look at what is fading when as a minister of the gospel, I am called to talk Talk to you about what will never fade. Look up, Luciano. Focus on what is in heaven. Jesus is coming back. Don't worry about your life here. If you're sick in the body with that mindset, come to the elders and God can heal you. But if God heals you, man, I feel the anointing of God this morning. If God heals you, it is for his glory. It is because he has a plan for you to accomplish something here. If our greatest reward is Christ, amen. If our greatest reward is Christ, is that your greatest reward? Is knowing Christ our greatest reward? It should be a resounding yes. Yes. 
If knowing Christ is our greatest reward, then why are we here? Why are we still here? Shouldn't I be in heaven with the Father already, Saul? No, no, God wants me to have a blessed life here. That's why. That is foolishness. God wants me to be used so someone else can get the greatest reward. If you're working, toiling your physical hands for raises and retirement and money and this and that and the other, and you have justified, right now I feel the Spirit of God again. I don't know why he keeps touching on finances, but you have justified to yourself that you're using that for God, but you know that in your heart you're wanting to marry what is temporary with what is eternal? Repent. Ask God to forgive you for thinking that way because he doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your business. He doesn't need anything. We need him. God forbid we go into the mindset of I need a partner with God. He don't need partners. He never called to have partners. He said, no one will take my glory. I am God. I, I share my glory with no one. And we'll take what's temporary and offer it like it's something beautiful when really the something beautiful is offered to us. Without that, everything is meaningless. And we cannot lose sight of the beauty of Christ. Amen? Man, man, I'm serious. There's somebody here in this building this morning that has been a professed Christian. And I don't know everybody. I know who I know, but it, I could be talking to somebody I've known for six years. I, I really don't know how this, how this word is coming forth and who it's for, but you would know. You have been a professed Christian for many years, but you have not been saved. Because your life is not showing the fruits of Christ. And even now, you're offended by my words. Because your flesh will not allow you to get past yourself. Instead, you will say, you think you're better than me. That's why you're preaching that. No, my brother, my sister, I'm just as bad as you. This is why I can preach the way that I preach, because I preach the same way that Paul preached when he said, I was a Jew of Jews. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. If there was any reason to boast, I was the one that could boast, but I count it all rubbish that I might come to, the, to know Christ. This is not judgment I'm preaching this morning. This is freedom. Hallelujah. Verse 4, anyone who teaches something different is arrogant. And lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire, watch this, to quibble over the meanings of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. God, help us to stay from, away from this. This is the person that wants to be right instead of be made right. You want to be made right this morning? I do. I do not know everything. I know the one who knows everything. I don't stand up. You know how like they have the signs outside of like Little Caesars? The guy who holds the sign? That's me. I don't own the business. I represent it. I don't own Christ. I just represent him. I'm an ambassador. 
So all I can do is say this way to, this way to faith, this way to truth, this way to life. That's all I can do. And I ask you to come join me. Just grab a sign. Just grab a sign. Just be okay with understanding that the gospel of Jesus Christ does not stir arguments because what happens when we do that is we're saying, I'm the owner. You know, I've met people like that. You know, I, if you guys don't know me, here's a little bit. Of, I don't really tell too many stories about myself, but here's a little, bit back, a little background. I was in the music industry for a while, okay? I've met lots of people whose producers was Michael Jackson's producer who uh, recorded on Michael Jackson's, Jackson's equipment, name dropping like crazy. Oh, yeah, I know so-and-so. Yeah, man, you, uh, anybody who's, who loved rap, you know, Tupac's manager was my manager. I, I was in the studio when he was recording in the studio. Met lots of people like that, trying to rub elbows, trying to act like they're, the, they're in with, with the CEO of Sony, the CEO of whatever, Interscope. Like people who want it, and you know how they do it in the church? I know the pastor. Oh, man, I'm really touching on stuff this morning. Huh? Yeah, I know the pastor, man. I was over his house last week. We're like this. Why aren't you saying the same thing about the homeless? Why aren't you saying the same thing about the lowly person? Because in our hearts, we're just sign holders trying to be cool with the owner, and we want everybody to see how blessed we are. Man, this sounds like a downer message to the one that doesn't know Christ. But it should sound like hope. Because what God has done is he has taken the rich and he has humbled them. He made Christ in such a position that the rich, they go, man, I can't buy this. I can't earn my way to this. I got everything that I need. But, but that, Christ, that, I, I have to surrender to get there. And then he also, he lifted up the poor and said, you, can't, you don't have to work for it to try to be in a certain status to get Christ. He comes right where you are. So the rich people be humbled, poor people be raised up. And there becomes this equality in Christ where no one can boast. <laughs> no one can boast. Is this not spiritual food this morning or what? Look at this. Verse 5, these people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. That means at one point they knew the truth, and they turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Wow. And you know that wealthy in here is talking money, but it's also talking status. It's also talking achievement. People try to appear godly and say they go to church so they can have some type of status in their community or be seen a certain way. You know, being a Christian, a true Christian, is not, it's not really appealing. Right? Because as we're reading these words of Paul, what sh if you're a believer, if you're following Christ, What's really coming off of the page is, man, this man was beheaded. He was, like, really killed for this, though. That should never be losing. You should never have that out of sight when you're reading these texts because these, look at his teaching. He died for this, these teachings. He's like, yo, don't, don't become proud and arrogant. Don't act like you have it all together. Don't try to appear a certain way. I don't care what your status looks like. I don't care what skin color you are. I don't care what you got going on or who you're associated with. Do not follow that way. Follow this way. And then, shh, shh, he's gone. But you know why we rejoice as Christians? Because he's not dead. 
<laughs> he's not dead. He's alive. Huh? He's alive. And either this, this gospel is real or it's not. This is where you wish you had a little music, right? <laughs> Jesus. Christ. No. <laughs> you can keep that. I don't want that. I want the Lord. Watch this. Verse 6. Yet true, what does your Bible say? With what? Is what? True. Say it. With is what? Man, I'm looking at some rich people in here. I'm looking at some rich people. Because, you know, we look like a bunch of ragtag, like Aaron said. Just, I mean, we are like the perfect shirt, right? Knitted with cotton and polyester and, I mean, in wool, and it just looks all over the place. I heard somebody say this the other day. They said, and they were teaching on friendships. And they said, you need to pick your friendships because bad company corrupts good character. And I was like, there's truth in that. But you know we're all bad company? Do you guys realize that you're not good, right? <laughs> like the good in you is what? It's Christ. So we are all bad company. So good, the only good company there is, is Christ. And when you're in that, guess what? You got a lot of people looking dead and Jesus looking alive. That's what it looks like. And I said, they said this saying, they said, you know, what, do pigeons fly with eagles? And I was thinking, man, that's cold. Why? God forbid I call you a pigeon and call me an eagle. Because, you know, every single person that's listening to that, every single person is playing the TLC song. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is the and because you're always the one that's above scrubs, right? And when you hear eagles, you know, pigeons don't fly with eagles, immediately everybody in their pride puts themselves as an eagle. Well, you want to know the truth? We're all pigeons, man. Christ is the eagle. And guess what? You are a pigeon with eagle's wings. You look weird. <laughs> you look weird. Soaring with a little body, you know, like, where'd those wings come from? That's the truth, though. That's actually the truth. The truth is we're all misfits, outcasts. We're all lost without Jesus. And I'm thankful for my journey. I'm thankful for the journey God has allowed me to walk on because I come from, I really feel the Lord telling me to share. It's crazy. I don't normally share my testimony. But my dad was a drug dealer. He's still strung out on meth right now, 58 years old. My dad beat my mom. I saw physical abuse. I know I heard bones crack. I came from government cheese. I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like to be mad at my brother for drinking the last of the milk. Seriously, because you knew you weren't going to have none for a few days. You're like, man. Why'd you drink the milk, man? My brother would get so mad at me, he'd make me lick the spit off his shoe. 
I know what it's like to be let down and abused and raised in a place. I know what it's like to, to not shower and have rings of dirt all over my arms. I'd go to school like that because we didn't have water. And people would look at me like, why don't you shower, man? Well, you don't understand. We have no water. I know what shame and embarrassment's like. I also know what it's like to be taken. And this is the thing. I don't want you to glorify what I'm about to say. I don't want you to get happy about what I'm about to say because everybody likes an underdog. You know, everybody likes Cinderella Man, and everybody likes Rocky, and everybody likes an underdog, right? Come from a poor place, and now you're rich. I denounce that story in Jesus' name. That is not from God. That is not from God. To say that I once was poor, and now I'm rich, and glorify that success story is from Satan. And you know why I can say that? It's because I've made six figures a year. I know what it's like to have money. I'm not boasting in that. But that is not God. Because I have been in the low place and I have seen what it was like for those in the low place to think they're better than those that are in a higher place. I've talked to the gang members that talk about white people and black people and every other color and think that Latino pride. That's a lie from the pit of hell. No more than when I was in corporate America and I saw every other color, same nationalities and race, who were successful talk about the poor people and think that they're better. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Christ. Christ kept me when I was poor and Christ kept me when I was rich. I wasn't wealthy, but I had money. If I wanted to buy a $50 steak, I could. I don't even know if that exists. Probably somewhere, right? But if I wanted to buy some lobster, I could. I was in a place like that. If we wanted to go on vacation, I could. But the story of being poor to that is not the story, my brother and sister. <laughs> it's that in it all, I had Christ. And when he asked me to give up my poverty mindset, he also asked me to give up my rich mindset. Are you listening to me right now? He asked me to give up my mindset. Because it is not my mind anymore, it is Christ. True godliness with contentment in itself is great wealth. You know, I don't talk about myself like that because this is not about me. I'm hoping in some way, shape, and form. I'm hoping in my pleading as I preach. I'm hoping somewhere you would let go of what's carnal or physical and whatever's computing in your mind and that God would meet you in your deepest need. I am praying that somehow God break the barrier of human reason. And that he reach into the depths of your soul and give you spiritual understanding. That godliness and contentment is great wealth. Whether I have much or I have little, whether I abase or I abound, I have it all in Christ. And I would pray that somebody in this place would not take and twist that message and say, well, see, God doesn't mind if I abound. Because that's not what that text is saying. It is not saying use Jesus as a reason to be wealthy. It's saying Jesus is your wealth. He don't want to share with anybody. Amen? Do we need to stretch? <laughs> huh? We need to stretch? We need to high-five somebody? I'm okay with a little charge because, I mean, Jesus... I am getting tore up from this. Verse 7. After all, we brought what? We brought nothing with us when we came into the world. 
and we can take, we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. 